Welcome back to The Yurong Show, where we help entrepreneurs live their best lives. I'm your host, Justin Yurong, and I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Let me give you the truth about flipping houses in California. And to be honest, it's not all that different from flipping in other places. However, there are a couple key differences, in my opinion, that make a big difference whether you want to decide to flip in California or to flip somewhere else. Also, if you're new to this channel, my name's Justin Yurong, and I've helped hundreds of students make money in real estate. So the first thing that I think really helps you understand what it's like to flip in California is one, and it might feel weird, but it's like, it's just the belief that you have in yourself. Because naturally, California, compared to a lot of the other parts of the country, they're high prices for these house values, especially if you're going to SoCal, where you're in like LA, or you're NorCal, where you're in the Bay Area. Like these are expensive homes. Now, pretty much all my properties are in Central California, like the Fresno, California area. So those price points actually are a lot cheaper than the SoCal and the NorCal's. However, it's just the general belief that you can do it. Because let's say you're living in the Bay Area and you see these houses that are listed for $1.2 million, $2 million, and you're thinking, there's no way I could do it because I don't have $2 million or I don't have enough saved for a down payment. There are other ways you can get into real estate investing without using your own money. And I know it's possible because I've done it. And I didn't really believe it until I started to do it. I mean, the first two years, maybe like two to three years of my real estate investing career, I was using all of my own money. It was all of my own money using different hard money lenders or conventional lenders so I can put down payments on stuff, buy them, fix them up, hold them or flip them, whatever it was. And then maybe year three, I was like, Okay, if I keep doing this, I'm just going to keep running out of money every single house I try to do because that's what happens. You spend your money and it's just gone until you either sell the house or refinance out of a long-term hold or whatever. So if you're in a a high or an expensive market, the first thing you really have to understand, you got to believe that you can actually do it. Whether it's you bringing your own money to the table and generating a lot of income from a high-paying job that you get or a sales job or something or business or you learn the ability to raise money from other people and use other people's money so that you can do deals with none of your money out of pocket. So that's the first thing. It's just the belief because I know California, it's a lot more expensive than something like the Midwest or like Indiana, somewhere like that. The other thing, and this is like the more material thing that affects California, is the timeline of flips. Specifically, the timeline on flips when you have tenants in there that you're trying to evict. Now, I don't know the intricacies of every single other market out there in the U.S., but I do know California. And the rules of eviction in California, as of right now, time of recording, is let's say if a tenant has been in a house for over a year. If I were to purchase the home and I want to flip this house for myself, let's say I purchase the home with a tenant still in there with the plan or the intent to evict them, if that's the case, then I have to give them a 60-day notice to be evicted. Now, I know for a lot of you listening, that might seem like a long time, and it is, because other, you know, other states out there, they're, I don't know the exact, but they're a lot less, a lot less than the 60 days that you'd have to do that. The other thing, too, is with California, it's very what we call tenant-friendly, not landlord-friendly. So all the laws and regulations regarding tenants and landlords and all that stuff, they all kind of lean toward favoring the tenants. And because of that, it just takes so long to get the tenants out and they just have a lot more power. So for example, this one deal I did, and this was, you know, a lot of it was my fault, 
but, or all of it was my fault. But when I was doing this deal, I bought this house with a tenant in there and he was in the house for over a year. So I gave him a 60 day eviction notice and keep in mind, I was trying to self evict. And when I was trying to self evict him, I was kind of going through my property manager at the time or my project manager. And I had him serve the eviction notice formally. And throughout the 60 days of the eviction, he felt and he seemed like he was fully on board. He was ready to go. He was like, yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're moving out. Um, everything's still good to go. Like he was in communication with my project manager and my project manager was telling me that. And so because of that, as we neared 60 days, I kept checking in my project manager. I was like, is he actually going like, has, has there been any progress? Like what's the update on this? And you know, project manager kept letting me know that he was still moving out because that's what the tenant was saying. You know, maybe he was a little bit more inexperienced as a project manager, but it was my, it was my mistake of letting him control that much. I should have been, I should have been there more, but 60 days go by and he's not out. He's still there. And when he's still there, I'm like, crap. Okay. So we can either try to self evict again, which it didn't work. We tried, didn't work. And keep in mind, we also tried cash for keys. So I offered him some cash to just to move out like in two weeks early on. So as we're serving the eviction notice, my self eviction notice, I also told him, look, if you want some money to help you move out, like we can give you, I can, like, I'm happy to give you money, but you need to be out quicker. You know, not, not the 60 day, like you need to be out in like two weeks. And if you could do that, I'll give you a couple grand or whatever it was we negotiated. Cause doing that, it would just save me money on attorney cost and eviction cost and all that stuff, holding cost. And after the 60 days were up, I decided, okay, if 60 days already went by, I should have done this in the first place, but now I'm going to do it now. I went to an attorney, an eviction attorney. I was like, look, here's the situation. We try to self evict. Um, can we actually get him evicted? Like, can we get the sheriff out to kick him out? Because we already went through the 60 day process. And when they went over my eviction notice, it was slightly outdated because there was a new law that passed that I did not know about, about you had to have this, this certain wording in the contract of the eviction notice. And he said, no, like it, you can't have the sheriff out. You need to redo the eviction, but with the proper language in it. So just because of one tiny law change, because California is so very tenant friendly, we had to serve a new 60 day eviction notice, but this time with the help of an eviction attorney. So they handled everything. And of course, by the end of the 60 days, or the next 60 days, he was out. Keep in mind, this took four months to get this guy out of this house. When if you go to other places, even if they've been living there for a year, you might say, hey, look, you got to be out in a week. <laughs> you know, you got to be out in two weeks, three days, whatever, like notice to serve, like notice to vacate, you're out. California's not like that. And if you're ever buying houses with tenants in there in California specifically, <laughs> here's what I want you to do. One, always try to negotiate the cash for keys option. See if they're able to move out early in like a week or two weeks and just offer them cash up front because if you're in California, you're going to pay for it some way, somehow <laughs> you're going to, you're just going to pay for it, whether it's cash for keys, offering the money, or whether you're paying an eviction attorney or another attorney to help you when you're trying to self evict, whatever it is, you're going to pay for it. So if you're trying to buy a property with a tenant in it, negotiate the cash for keys, but at the same time, also get the help of an eviction attorney or someone who actually knows what they're doing, like an, someone with evictions and get their help to serve a proper eviction notice. And if you do these two things at the same exact time, you'll be just fine because obviously they're going to try to get out by the time 
uh, their time is up for the eviction attorney. But if you also offer cash for keys, they might get out even sooner. sooner. Now, that's what I wish I would have done because if I did that from that other deal that I just explained, the deal would have only taken or the eviction would have only taken two months or less. It would not have taken four months. And keep in mind, I wasted a lot of money in those extra months. One, I just wasted money on all the holding costs, all the, uh, I didn't pay water, but all the the interest that I had to pay my hard money lender for every two months. So that's like, you know, a grand or two grand every single month that's going out for nothing. And also I had to set proper expectations with my private money lender as well. And I had to give them updates because I, you know, I didn't do this deal with my own money. I did it, raised money from other people. And because of that, I had to give them an update and say, hey, look, here's a situation. I know I said that this might take maybe six months or so, but it's probably going to take an extra two months or or so just because of what happened here. I just want to let you know. Um, and they were fine with it, but I hated having to do that because it made me feel like I had to you know, change my word and change whatever I promised. So I hated that feeling and I learned from it. And that's what I want you to learn. If you're flipping in California with tenants specifically, just be conservative get the attorney, and do the cash for keys. And I know multiple friends, multiple students who have gone through this, and they all learn the same lesson. And you can either learn it from here with me, or you can learn it from making the mistake yourself. So you get to choose how you want to learn it. And I hope this helps. But this is just a little bit about California, what it's like. Um, other than that, though, other than the evictions and other than like the high price points, it's honestly just like flipping in any other market. You might have to pay higher taxes if you're living in California and all that, but for the most part, it's all relatively the same. You just have to believe you can do it and you have to be conservative when it comes to tenants and evictions and all that. So hope you enjoyed this video. If you did and you want help with your real estate investing business, I want you to click on the link in the description below for a free strategy session. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, connect with me on social media and check out the different ways I can help you grow your business in the show notes. Peace.